Welcome to Teacher Pop, a podcast where teachers discuss pop culture topics and how they can apply to teaching in the classroom. I'm your host, Jordan Billings, a seventh grade social studies teacher who loves being in the classroom and talking about all things pop culture. Let's get into today's topic. All right, and welcome to Teacher Pop. This is uh, season two. We're taking a look at uh, sequels of shows or even offshoots, which is what this is talking about. But we have an amazing, amazing guest today. We have Mr. Brian Barrickman on the show. Brian, welcome to the show. How we doing, Teacher Pop? Oh, it's going to be awesome. Hey, uh, will you go ahead and tell our listeners who you are, what you do. Give us the 411. Definitely. Well, thank you for having me, Mr. Billings. Uh, my name is Brian Barrickman, and I am currently serving Indian Trail Middle School as the principal. Uh, yeah, and it happens to be my alma mater. So it's a really special experience and a great honor to come back to my old stomping grounds in this capacity and uh, really be able to give back to a community that gave me so much growing up. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm a Olathe kid. I grew up here. Obviously, I went to Havencroft Indian Trail in Olathe South uh, before going to school at K-State. And I have uh, came back, spent my whole teaching career in Olathe, taught seventh grade science for several years um, before becoming an administrator. And, um, you know, it's been a wonderful educational journey so far. And I will tell you one thing I've done every step of the way is watch many many episodes of the office every day yes, and that is awesome it's the best segue because that is what we're talking about and again thinking that this is we are talking about the american version of the office which was a offshoot from the british version so uh as we're talking about stuff can i ask if you're to pick one episode from the beginning season which one is your kind of go-to man there's a lot of good options. It's hard. Uh, I feel like season one is underrated. There's people say it starts slow, but there's better episodes in here than than people want to give it credit for. But I think Diversity Day is an all time classic. Oh, some yes. all time Michael mm -hmm. cringe moments and mm -hmm. uh, some really good jokes, really well written. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess if I had to pick one, that would be it. Although I do also love basketball. Yes, I, I do feel like Diversity Day is the better episode, but I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Michael's comedy it, when he's mm -hmm. playing basketball in that is just how do you not laugh? Oh my god, you know? it's it is amazing. His, his dribbling and shooting is just so ridiculous. Yes, it's so <laughs> I think it's interesting because I actually kind of had basketball as one of my top um, nice. as well, and then uh, you know taking a look at kind of Diversity Day, it's amazing how some of these kind of like early episodes can really kind of like just get you going so oh, yeah. yeah so yeah so as we're taking a look at this i thought we'd kind of take a look at some just a couple moments from this first season and even uh you know taking a look at like the pilot you know the very first time that we see uh you know michael scott we're in scranton we're looking in the office and um you know one of the quintessential moments that you have in this episode is uh the the prank where jim puts the calculator in the jello yeah it's an all-time office prank mm -hmm. it's one of the most well-known iconic ones yeah. um, and i'll tell you from experience it will ruin your calculator for sure okay <laughs> there we go that is yes. the first that's the first teacher pop thing don't do that with a calculator you want to keep yes a, or a stapler you want to keep or a stapler uh, you want to keep i've had students do it to me twice oh uh, got a really good laugh 
out of me. I appreciated the joke, uh, but I definitely had to throw away that stapler mm -hmm. and that calculator because that uh, mm -hmm. it's it's gonna it, sticky, gunky, disgusting Ugh. mess. You might as yeah. well just toss it. <laughs> so there you go. So I think do we? I like now. I'm trying to think about an, an educator lesson that we could pull from something like that. So one of the things that I kind of heard from you that you were talking about is that your students ended up doing this. This is an amazing memory that you would have, yeah. uh, you know, with with those students and whatnot. And sometimes, you know, those classroom things and whatever, they may end up being a little bit messier than maybe we're thinking. And mm -hmm. is stuff like that okay? I don't know. What do you think? I do. You know, something that I, I think about a lot uh, in reference to something like this is, well, two things really is find the fun, find the fun. Working with kids is fun. And, and sometimes we need to put that back in the front of our minds, you know, and, yep. and appreciate and enjoy the, the silly things like this that they'll do. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, I think it's just a good, I would also say that these are the types of things that you remember, you know, like mm -hmm. the old adage of you're not going to remember what people tell you, but you remember how they made you feel. Yeah. And, you know, this could be a, a great opportunity to laugh with your students and create a memory with them mm -hmm. and then use that relationship to better advance their education, you know, right. Um, use these fun things like this to connect with them. Obviously, if they're going to do something like this, they know you, they know you love the office, mm -hmm. you know, treat them well, have some fun be, mm -hmm. you know, understanding about it. And then right. that will help you impact them even further when it does come to academics and achievement in the classroom. Absolutely. And that's what I like, again, that's, that's what you're saying. You're, you're talking about like finding the fun and sometimes knowing that I think that sometimes as teachers, that can be kind of tough because we, we want to craft these, you know, perfect educational experiences that, that we have. And that sometimes knowing that those imperfections can open up learning in such a different way for kids. And sometimes that's where you may end up kind of having to say, you know, okay, like I remember, you know, when we put Mr. B's, you know, uh, stapler in the jello, like, that was crazy. And maybe they're, they're like, well, you know, that was also during like this unit. And like, he also did this other cool thing, you know, involving jello or, or something like that. And maybe that like, they don't necessarily need to be mutually exclusive. And, Definitely. you know, it's that relationship building that you, sure. that you get into. Yeah. It, if you don't start with relationships, nothing else is going to come. Exactly. And, you know, that's the foundational, that's the foundational part of being a teacher and uh, you're not going to get the rest of it unless you have the relationship first. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So then we've talked about uh, the pilot. Um, oh wait, there's one thing that I want to talk about before we get, we were actually kind of <laughs> talking about this a little bit, um, which is we were kind of talking about how one of those things in this first episode is there's somebody that's new in the office. So Ryan yeah. Howard, brand new. So he is a, he's a temp that's been put there. Um, this is kind of one of those educational things that we get from time to time. Typically we will get new students that will, that will pop into our school and our classroom uh, and things like that. And one of the interesting things about the pilot is, you know, he spends a lot of his time kind of saying like, wow, it's the first day that I'm here and they're already talking about the building being closed, <laughs> that type of thing. So all of a sudden you have the, like his first experience uh -huh. is this kind of like negative thing. And I think that that's a thing that we can also think about as teachers to be like, how do we positively invite students into our buildings and classrooms? You know, and, and something that, you know, with Ryan, he, he doesn't come at, you know, the beginning of 
the year like he just comes right in the middle of it and so Mm -hmm. i feel like one thing we do really well is give the new students and new teachers a a great experience when they're coming into the building for the first time Mm -hmm. coming in to our building as sixth graders or coming Mm -hmm. in at the beginning of the school year with pre-service activities exactly but um, and I think our school does a great job as well, but it, it's definitely something to think about, about when new students come right in the middle of the school year, mm-hmm. you know, and you've already done all your orientation stuff and you've already done all of your welcome, you know, parties and activities and all that fun stuff. And how do you give that new student the same positive experience? You know, cause I, I do feel like one thing we do well, we have our uh, eighth grade leaders, give them a tour and, you know, get to meet the principal and the counselors and things like that. But right. how do we give them that same amount of excitement? Because after that, they're kind of just going to class, like in the middle of the school year, like everybody mm-hmm. else. So what can we do to think more about giving them that positive, fun kickoff orientation type experience? And see, that's kind of interesting because I'm now hearing the same thing. We're, we're talking about finding the fun again and to kind of like to know that uh, you know, most of the time, I'm pretty sure that most of my listeners out there, yeah, I know that you guys know we're going to have people that are going to come in, in the, in the middle part of the year and to know, uh, you know, that can be a fairly intimidating thing and you don't want to have a Ryan Howard experience of like, Oh geez, you know, this is what we're talking about on the first day. So, (laughs) you know, and that's where, you know, I know a number of people out there are, uh, you know, gamified teachers and uh, me being a gamified teacher as well, that can be a lot to kind of like, you know, you're jumping in, uh, you know, with like, here are these cards yeah. and I do a Marvel theme and sort of right. like, you know, here are these kind of storyline elements. It's hard enough to kind of switch in the middle of the year, let alone switch into something yeah. like that. So, and I, I, uh, as I reflect on what you're saying, I'm thinking back to what we just talked about a minute ago, which is mm-hmm. that relationships are so important yes and if you don't make that student feel comfortable with you and feel like they can come to you if they need anything from a pencil to I'm lost to advice about life to a conflict you know if they don't feel comfortable coming to you Mm -hmm. then you're never going to get to that point with them yeah and and make up some of that lost ground so maybe the most important thing that first day is just letting them know you have someone that you can come to my door is always open so when they experience the things that you overlook like, oh, mm-hmm. I never thought a new student would not know X, Y, Z, you right. know, that that will be taken care of because they will feel comfortable coming to you. I think at a minimum, I know that some of those strategies and I know uh, one of the things that I usually try to do, make sure that I'm giving a, you know, hearty welcome. I usually have kind of like a basic sort of, you know, spiel on the game. I usually tell them, don't worry. This is one of those things we build up over time, just kind of like listening. And if you have any questions, I'm around, let me know. Welcome to class. And just having that welcome and then making sure you have those points at the be- at the beginning and the end as you're going through for, for several days, just to get that, you know, feeling in there because already having done that with the other students, they just need that in a more, you know, I usually tend to do it pretty much for just about the first week of making sure kind of checking in and saying like, Hey, how are you doing? How is, you know, how is this going? And like, you know, we have these assignments and Hey, don't worry about that. You know, uh, you know, we'll we'll be catching up with stuff and don't worry about it. That's probably the best example of, they won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And they'll remember you made them feel warm and welcome in a time that they are feeling nervous and scared. So exactly. So, all right, well, let's talk about diversity day. We kind (laughs) of, yes, we kind of, we kind of threw that around and, 
you know, I, I think that we're also, we're a profession like many others. We have a lot of trainings and, and stuff that we do. And diversity training is actually one of the things that we do. Yeah. Uh, and, and knowing that, um, you know, we like to try to create engaging, mindful things. But I think that I, I, the, I'm, I'm pretty sure when we look at Michael Scott, I think we have kind <laughs> of a, I think we kind of have a cautionary tale of how we go about that engagement. Yeah. Uh, we sure do. He gives us a lot of examples of cautionary tales, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I like thinking about this episode, I feel like over the course of the series, I think you see that he has good intentions and he doesn't yes. mean to be such an offensive doofus yes. or whatever, you know, like he's yes. got a good heart. So when I think of this episode, I think of the fact that he you know, he's, he's obviously wildly inappropriate in yes. this episode. There's um, your cautionary tale, folks. Yes. Wildly, wildly, <laughs> wildly inappropriate. inappropriate. Take, <laughs> all the, take notes on this episode. Yes. Every grain of salt you can. <laughs> opposite of what he does, you'll probably be okay. Yeah. But I think what, in, in what times in my life, like Michael in this episode, had I, have I been offensive or off-putting and not mm -hmm. realized it? Yes. Not known it, not realized the way I was coming off. My good mm -hmm. intentions were, you know, misplaced kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I think one thing that I love that our district does and that our, our building takes seriously, our building is very diverse and that's one of our strengths. We, yeah. we as a staff appreciate it. We know what it gives us as people and as educators, you know, it's very rewarding. And so we, we, uh, embrace those diversity trainings and we've you know we have a, a pillar of our building leadership team mm -hmm. and our school improvement plan that addresses those um, topics mm -hmm. with our building as well but I just think as an educator no one's going to be perfect as mm -hmm. long as you are forward thinking and you understand mm -hmm. that this is something important to continue to have a growth mindset about mm -hmm. Um, and you can continue to be open to new ways of thinking and new ideas and being okay with, I'm not perfect and, and that's okay. No educator is and no person is. And what can I just continue to do to work on my craft to make it an even more welcoming and inclusive experience and keep reflecting on my practices and make sure I'm not doing anything unintentionally to make anyone feel uncomfortable and absolutely you know. and you know this is one of those of course being being a, a history teacher this is definitely one of those uh you know hot topics for us to uh you know think about uh you know one of the ways that a lot of history teachers like to try to engage classrooms and stuff like that is simulations how you know simulating what is what is happening in history it again sounds like that very you know in engaging way of doing things however that could be a Michael Scott situation uh, on the turn of a dime and it can happen really fast. And it is one of those things that that's where you're saying, like, you need to reflect on your professional practice. This is something that like, you know, if you're doing a simulation or things like that, um, I, I would say one of your teacher tips is I talk to the people in your building, let, let them see what is, what is happening and say like, Hey, this is what, you know, we're kind of looking at, this is the unit and whatnot. You see something like that. Like, what do you think? You know, do we see something in here? Is this something that needs to completely go away? Or is this something that where it is right now is not where it should be? What tweaks can we make to make it fit in the classroom? Keep that engagement 
help the understanding happening, but also that's what we were just kind of talking about that. Like making students feel safe in the classroom is of critical importance. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want to shy away from those conversations either because they yeah. can have the most impact on a student and have mm -hmm. a really positive, you know, you don't want to hide from your diversity. You want to celebrate your diversity, you know? And so, which I think is one of the things that they even say in the diversity training, right? Right. right. Yeah. But you got to do it in, in an appropriate manner. Uh, yeah. Yes. If and, we're pulling out the, if we're pulling out the index cards and we're starting to write and put on the forehead, I think right, that's right. maybe the time to pump the brakes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think for, for new teachers too, to think more about, you know, I, I used to teach some, topics that are controversial, I guess you could say, you know, with, okay. um, I, it was seventh grade science and part of the curriculum was, you know, like the evolutionary process. Mm -hmm. And I know that mm -hmm. can be a difficult topic for a lot of people. And exactly. um, when I started, I, I feel like some advice to newer teachers who are exploring teaching those types of lessons for the first time, mm -hmm. my advice would be think a lot more about your systems that you have in place. Um, and a lot, it, even less about the content, you know, like, as far as my science brain says, I should be teaching these students how to think, not what to think. Exactly. You know? So if you have the right systems in place where you can share those types of sometimes uncomfortable conversations mm -hmm. where the classroom environment is going to be safe and people are going to take what you say and respect yeah. it and respond in a respectful manner, that is almost more important. That's the foundation mm -hmm. you need to lay Absolutely. before you get to that tough topic but yeah. i think if you do it the right way when you have that conversation it may be the most impactful one of this that you have of the school year it's more about the tools than the topic yeah it's it's more yeah. about uh and i i know i do the same thing in in class when i have students that will ask me which way i i tend to believe i will say honestly guys that is not necessarily my job my job is to equip you right. i need to give you the tools for you to be successful to, to go through and and take a look at some of these hard issues yeah. on, on both of these sides and say, yeah. okay, wait a minute, let's take a look at these and like, okay, let's move forward yeah. from there. Whichever side of the fence you end up landing on, as long as you've taken a look at these sure. things, you've used the tools that you're sure. using in class, good to go. That's showing, that's modeling to them, you know, mm -hmm. respect for their differences. And mm -hmm. that's a one way of celebrating diversity too, you know? And mm -hmm. I think, you know, you're, teaching them how to be good consumers of data and information. And also mm -hmm. uh, this is something that maybe everyone in the world could benefit from is how to disagree appropriately. Yes. Uh, especially <laughs> at this age. It's hard. <laughs> that might be yes. topic number one that they need, everyone needs to work on. There you go. Season zero. Yes. That's, that's where, that's where we start. Uh -huh. So, okay, um, let's move on. I wanted to talk um, a little bit about basketball. We were kind of highlighting uh -huh. that a little bit. Uh, so in, in this episode, we, we see that we have, um, we, we have uh, Michael in the office and then we have the first Daryl, right? Is that the first time that Daryl Philbin is popping in? I think so. And Maybe. that's where we have this rivalry between office and the warehouse. Yes. And this culminates in a, a basketball game where they're, they're playing to see who gets to take the, the shift over the weekend. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, um, so Daryl tries to make the bet something fun and, and <laughs> as usual, Michael, uh, takes it in the it, wrong direction. In this wrong direction. <laughs> I feel like, again, I feel like this may be another cautionary tale in, in that way where, uh, you have, 
this idea of what you're going to do, this maybe engagement different thing. And sometimes I think as teachers, there are sometimes where we need to kind of take a look at our choices of this or that and kind of be careful what we put on the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think about, you know, so, something that you mentioned was Michael's assessment of who's going to be successful or who's going to be a good basketball player. Or yes. Not. And uh, how he, you know, he chooses, uh, he, he judges Kevin based on his mm. build. Yes. <laughs> and he ends up being a great basketball player. I mean, it's amazing at the very end, you <laughs> yeah. see this scene where he is just uh -huh. nailing like, and, I mean, three pointers over yeah. and over. Uh, yeah. I've heard before too, that he's actually the actor did that in one take and he's actually really good at basketball. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That is an amazing uh, Easter egg. I don't know if yeah. I had heard that. Yeah. If you guys don't listen mm -hmm. to any of those podcasts about the office, uh, you're missing out some good. Yeah. So him, Brian Baumgartner, I think mm -hmm. that's how you say his name, has mm -hmm. a really, the, the best office podcast I've heard. It's called mm -hmm. an oral history of the office. And he talks Ooh. about how it was founded and brought to the U S and almost got mm -hmm. canceled and got back on and, and uh, why it's so much uh, more popular now than it ever even was when it was on. Yes. It's very interesting, but. Okay. That is a yeah. podcast to get to. We're still working. We still have a little bit more time. As soon as we're <laughs> done with this episode, you have, you have a place there to go. go. There you go. So, but I think you're right in the way of sometimes we need to be mindful about we how we highlight students yeah. and how we, you know, can make assumptions based on talent. And right. not only that, but then also how we allow students to highlight talent in our, in our yeah. classroom and our school yeah. in general. Yeah. This, this makes me think of John Hattie's research. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly the term that he calls it, but it's the one that talks about the teacher's belief in the success of their students. Mm. And that, that John Hattie's research shows that that is one of the highest um, impact scores that you can get uh, on his data you know mm -hmm. one of the things that makes the most difference in student learning is the teacher belief of what the student can achieve and so to like yeah. you just mentioned to not be you know judgmental or mm -hmm. anything like that be very open yeah. to what are these students capable of and mm -hmm. you know just because i haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not there and how can i mm -hmm. bring it out how can i let them shine mm -hmm. how can i let them help each mm -hmm. other you know use their strengths yes or, you know, get the students, teaching the students and helping each other and uh, mm -hmm. can really open the door to, to a really great classroom environment, even more learning than even the teacher can provide. Exactly. I mean, because there are, uh, I mean, there are amazing topics that kids can, can get into. And sometimes when we, you know, open the door a little bit and let them drive the instruction, drive that learning, it's amazing. Some of the really awesome things they come up with. I usually have a, uh, and I know you know this because you've sat in on it, but I've usually had kids take a look at our school policies and oh, yeah. take a look at different things that, that they would like to see change in the classroom yeah. and in the school in general. And some of the ideas have come up with things that, that we've even looked at as a, as a faculty and we've, we've looked sure. at changing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how spot on most of yep. their thoughts are. Yeah. Yes. And it's just, 
you know, unfortunately, mm -hmm. the other side is is like, mm -hmm. well, can't afford that, and uh -huh. <laughs> uh, we've got policies against that. You yeah. know, so but I and yeah. I tend to agree mm -hmm. with yes. almost everything that they propose. Exactly. <laughs> in, yes. In premise, according to the, you know, we need right. eight hour free time, and yeah, you know, most uh, of those don't make it full all catered uh, Chipotle lunches and things like that. Like, Again, I agree. I would love all right. right. Yeah, that's Who, okay. Anybody out there who want to. Yeah. Uh, support that. That's uh, right. We're gonna, you we're gonna fund our Chipotle. I think lunch. we have a donors choose happening yes. <laughs> right now. Link will be posted in the bio. I'm all in. So, I'm all in. So yes, I, I and that's where I feel like even in that case again, um, their voices are heard. Yeah, and and we have those conversations. And again, I'm lucky enough that my administration is coming in and letting the kids talk about those type of things and being able to have those discussions about how exactly they want to change things and and some of that and and to at least even at a minimum have a discussion of why the policies are in place then a lot of times students have more respect for that because these aren't just arbitrary rules we're not just making these up like this is why these are the way that they are and, and I think it helps for kind of smoother things later on in the year. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, that's part of the relationship with the student is they need to be heard. Yes. And they didn't know that I do indeed care about their opinions and their, you know, their mm -hmm. ideas. And, and once mm -hmm. they know the why, just like anybody, mm -hmm. you know, in life, teachers, students, anyone, mm -hmm. if you understand the why, you're a lot more uh, likely to buy in and get on board and, or at least respectfully uh, uh, disagree and mm -hmm. move on, move forward together. You know, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so let's think about, uh, I think we have, it's, is it the last episode in the series, which is the hot girl? You know, I think so, but I also yeah. read somewhere interesting that they had filmed all these in, in different orders, in different orders. Of aired, so that would be interesting. Like, I, of course, yes, I'm going on DVD release, yeah. of course. I think so. I don't um, know. Here's my problem. Okay. I've watched it so many times that it's gotten to the point. You think that the more you watch it, the more you would know which episodes where and what season. Mm -hmm. But I found the ridiculous amount of times that I've watched it, that it actually <laughs> makes them all blend a little bit more. It, yes. So, as in, it seems that... Um, Less it's, episodic and more kind of like a, a bingey yeah, kind of thing. Uh -huh. It's all just one big story. And I yeah. we, we did office trivia one night. Um, and those were the ones that I, I, I feel like I got every question, almost every question right. Yeah. Those were the ones that I struggled on is what season and what episode. and Because just the just, order of things. It, it just is always on and it all just, kind of just blends. All blends <laughs> in. Yeah. So we will assume that that, that was the last episode. Okay, okay. The, the thing that I wanted to look at in that episode is they actually talk about an incentive program. Uh -huh. And they talk about how uh, they... Uh, I think this was where where Jan Levinson Gould at that point she <laughs> pops Levinson, in. I presume yes, <laughs> she pops in and says that she's giving the each branch uh, some money. I think it's like a thousand dollars or something in order to um, and giving it to the managers to create a incentive program, yeah. something like that. And I think that you know even in schools and whatever, I think that we have a lot of built-in uh, incentive programs. We have different incentives for students. I know if you really look at my gamified classroom, there's a, a it's a pretty big incentive program. Kids earn experience points, they earn cards, they're able to then display that. It's a prestige thing. Um, so looking at how um, you think 
incentives like that could drive student achievement. I do, but I also believe it's, you have to be careful with what kind of incentives and how you present it. So yes, I, I, I learned this lesson super early. I was my student teaching experience Mm -hmm. um, and the school I was at great school, great people, great intentions. uh, The principal was really big on physical, like uh, incentive programs for state testing with mm-hmm. like rewards that they were toys and things like that. Okay. So if the student grew their score by X amount, they got to pick a toy from this shelf. Mm. And if they grew it by X amount, they got to pick a toy from this shelf. And it was okay. very traditional thinking incentives based. Yes. Like I win, I win a prize based on my growth. I do the um, thing. I get the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the, the data at the end of the school year, and they had been doing it for a couple of years. It wasn't just this one year, but this was the year that I was there was the last year of their little test period where they were mm-hmm. going to say, is this working or not? And it was not the data showed wow. that it, it just, it, they were not moving kids the way they were hoping they would or the mm-hmm. way that other schools had that were using other other programs. And so something that we did as a staff that year was, you know, dive into more research. And mm-hmm. um, from what I've read, at least I'm, I'm not an expert or anything, but um, everything that I remember reading talks about, you know, making the incentives meaningful to the student, more of like mm-hmm. self-reflection, mm-hmm. self-monitoring, goal setting for themselves kind of thing Mm -hmm. and so i feel like that matches a lot more what you do Mm -hmm. than just like you know i'm going to earn this this toy or something like that Mm -hmm. um or like what we do for our pbis yeah as a school is you know the students receive positive points um, for their good deeds or their academic success and their kindness things like that and they don't cash them in for for toys or anything like that it's more meaningful to them it's about them and their group and you know it gives a it gives a way for them to take not only a a pride in the accomplishment that like i think that's where i feel like we're talking about this where we're like kids want to be seen and so you have something like that where it's like hey i see you I, you know, I, I see that you are doing well, here you go. That's where I talk about like with the, the cards and whatever that, that students earn, they, they earn those, like right. those are not necessarily purchasable things. Like the right. only way you can get those is to do the work in class and to do that work well. So then all of a sudden you have a, a coupled thing. That's what you're saying. Like with assessments is that you have a, the good feeling of, of the assessment, you did yeah. well on that and you get just a little cherry, just a little something on top that shows that I see you, I see how you have worked. Here's a little something extra yeah. as opposed to, again, that's where you have this, you know, purchasable item or whatever that could be grabbed anywhere. You yeah. could go to a target, you could get the same thing and whatnot. And all of a sudden that makes the meaning a, a little bit, a yeah. little bit less. Yeah. You do a really good job of those things that they earn are meaningful to their learning and their educational experience. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you can now have a, you know, uh, keychain to take home with you, you know, to play with on it's, it's meaningful to your classroom Mm -hmm. and your learning. And they use those to be more successful on Mm -hmm. academic activities, right? You know, they use those cards during their boss battles and things like that to help them succeed on an assessment you know it's not just a toy for them to play with and that makes it so much more meaningful to them right so i feel like as we're talking about these these incentives if you're really trying to kind of pull out 
you know, what we're really talking about here, you're having it connected to the students. You're having it be something that they can earn. And then, you know, this is just, it's just that little, that little extra, that little extra being able to, to be seen and to, and to recognize student effort. And it doesn't need to be a huge thing. It doesn't need to be, you know, big, huge things. And in fact, that's what you're saying is actually it's worse to go that way. It's actually better to have something that's more connected. You have that exclusivity and whatnot that students have, but yet at the same time, you know, my, my cards are exclusive, but really, honestly, I would be absolutely happy if I gave cards out to every single person all the time, because then even, even with the market saturated, they know that they earned it. They know that they had to do the thing in order to earn uh, what we've got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like some of the cool things I've seen is, you know, make the, the prizes, if you will, Mm. things like, you get a call home to your parents to celebrate how well you've been doing, or mm-hmm. you get to lead the class in a lesson in the next mm-hmm. lesson, you know, things like that that are positive to the school system, mm-hmm. you know, type rewards. And then you get boosts in lots of different areas. Yeah. You get boosts beyond assessments. You get boost to school culture, you mm-hmm. get boost to classroom behavior, yep. like yep. Lunch, lunch with the teacher. Lunch with the teacher, you lunch know, like uh, things that are lunch with Mr. Great. B. Hey, hey, we'll go to Chipotle. Hey, see, there it is. <laughs> back to it. All right. Um, well, let me let me ask then, is there anything as we're kind of trying to wrap up our conversation here? Is there anything that we haven't really talked about that you're like, I really want to put in some try this at home for the people out there? You know, <clears throat> yes. I think one of the things that we sort of talked about that I think I would love for it to, to make it in the show here is, um, you know, you talked about this season being based on the British version. Yes. And that, you know, and, and, and in a lot of the podcasts and stuff I've listened to about the office, they talk about how they needed to sort of branch out and become their own version of the office to meet the American audience and right. to, you know, find their own groove with their directors and their actors and things like that. And that's when they really, you know, it, it was good when it was just a shot for shot copy because the British office is good, obviously, yes, obviously. but they grew into their own, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it was so much better after that. Um, and so I thought, you know, um, one thing that I, as a first year teacher, that this, that story reminds me of is there was this um, amazing, outstanding, wonderful, positive, energetic, super engaging teacher who was also a science teacher at my school my first nice. year teaching uh her name's amy hillman shout out amy hillman she's amy. amazing uh <laughs> she still works for the district and does yes. a lot of great things uh to build up our future educators coming mm-hmm. out of olathe um and i do you know i see her teach mm-hmm. in my first year teaching and it is so amazing and then i reflect on my own teaching and it was not so amazing. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, I, honestly, at first, if I'm being vulnerable, I was mm-hmm. discouraged thinking, yeah, I, I'm never going to be that good. Yeah. I, I just don't have it in me. I'm pretty sure that every educator is hearing this story right now and is going, yeah, yeah I absolutely 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I did struggle for a little while. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, your first year teaching, everybody struggles and mm-hmm. my second year teaching and, yes. <laughs> and all, you know, until I started to feel, to understand. And I think this is maybe a, a good thing to remember for any educator, but especially mm-hmm. for new educators to hear yeah. that 
I felt I did not feel confident in the classroom until I understood that I didn't have to be what this other person was. The, okay. the U.S. office yes. did not have to be the British office. I did yes. not have to be the amazing Mrs. Hillman. Mm -hmm. I need to play to my own strengths. Yes. And, and that's okay. Uh, not only mm -hmm. is that okay to you know talk about respect people mm -hmm. and who they are, right. but I'm going to be more effective mm -hmm. if I play to what I do well. Right. You know, and I, I also thought not every, you know, I think she's one of the best teachers I've ever seen, mm -hmm. but not every student, every students also appreciate differences in teachers. Yes. You know, some students like, you know, teachers that teach really energetic with, you know, lots mm -hmm. of movement and lots of callbacks and, you know, other students prefer a more calm atmosphere where they're, you know, things like that. So um, I just felt like I didn't. I also could reach, you know, as long as someone in the building reaches every kid, you don't have to reach every kid, yes. you know, so you, you do your darndest to reach every kid. Right. But that's part of life is you just right. don't always connect with everyone and you're mm -hmm. still going to connect with the kid and be there for that kid, but maybe you're not their person there, right. you know, you're always going to be there for them. But, um, you know, so I think that once I understood, I can be mm -hmm. myself, I can do what works for me and that's okay yes um that's when i started to find my confidence in the classroom and um so anyone out there who's feeling mm -hmm. that way right now with other yep. teachers or you're like you know oh they're doing all these really cool things is is mm -hmm. what i'm doing not good enough right you know if you're doing what's best for you and you're mm -hmm. doing your best and you're mm -hmm. building relationships with kids first and you're right. putting your what's what's best for kids first and all the decisions you make then be confident in yourself and, Absolutely. And go out there and, and make a difference in your way for those kids. Man, I I don't I couldn't uh, I couldn't agree more that like I mean when you I think everybody out there has had that first year experience because I think also we want that we we want to be able sure. to to get there. But that's where what you're kind of saying is that at the same time, if you keep doing that, you're never going to be you, and you're never you're never going to be able to build that. And then find what elements are going to work yep. for you. You know, I tried a bunch of things that she did that that didn't work, and so I was mm -hmm. being in effect didn't work for me. Works for her, right? Didn't work for me, but I did also find a bunch of things that did work for me from her. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, you just have to believe in yourself and and go your way. And um, you know, once you start doing that, you'll find the things that work for you. I absolutely agree. All right. I think that is the best wrap up we can possibly have. Brian, thank you so much for being on. This was only season one. I'm hoping that we can coax you in for the next couple of seasons to awesome. get some more talk about the office. Well, thank you for having me mm -hmm. and, and teacher pop crowd. I'm a diehard office fan. I could do this for 10 hours on all nine seasons. <laughs> so uh, if I didn't bore you to death on this one, I'd be happy okay. to come back for another season. All right. Sounds good. Well, everybody out there, thank you guys so much for hanging in and listening to us. Brian, again, thank you so much for being on the show and we will see you guys soon.